Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello and welcome to With Love and Justice for All. I am Reverend Kelly Isola with my co-host Reverend Ogan Holder. Present and accounted for. Yes. <laughs> Thank goodness. Can't do it alone. Uh, here on Love and, with Love and Justice for All, we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, um, and particularly around the special challenges that arise uh, as spiritual seekers for spiritual leaders in spiritual communities. Um, if you want to join the conversation today, you can call 816-251-3555, or you can send us a message on Facebook or Instagram and our, um, um, our oh, now I've already forgot the word for it, COVID brain, our name, you know, our, our handle. Call, handle, thank you. <laughs> See, I need you, is uh, at Get Our Holy On. So you can call or you could message us on Facebook or Instagram. Today, our, uh, we are talking about voter suppression is dead. Long live voter suppression. Huzzah. Uh, no, not huzzah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And we're talking about it because of recent changes um, that uh, have gone on. In, um, um, and, recent, and recent things that were said. Recent things that were said. Recent that. things that have gone on in terms of voting for and against um and we're going to dive a little bit deeper but you know i when we were when we talked about doing this we had something different lined up for today and then you know um the voting rights act was was uh not passed and so as we were talking i and then afterwards i'm thinking you know to myself that i i would imagine that that Many spiritual communities and many spiritual leaders think that a voting conversation doesn't have a place in church or doesn't have a place within a spiritual context or a building or with a group. And I frankly would say, well, guess again. Um, and well, I, I think I think it's either or. Right. I think you have experiences where it's like we're not touching this with the 10 foot pole. And then uh-huh. some churches it's like we are going to be the pole. <laughs> For th- yeah. for this and yeah. and and to, as much as telling you pretty much just telling you who to vote for and if you don't vote for this person you're not a good Christian and if you don't vote for that person you yeah know, well so some go to that extreme which I think is why so many people stay away from it yeah um, okay I see where you're going yeah not yeah. not that that I I think there is that I would tell someone if you think a voting conversation has no place in a spiritual community or within your church I would say guess again and the yes. reason I think that is because as faith leaders, you know, or <clears throat> spiritual leaders, there's a bit of a moral imperative here, you know, to live out an ethic of justice, um, which is, you know, voting rights is is about justice for all. Uh, and, and there's this moral imperative, I think, that most of us um, believe and teach and, and want to uphold that everyone's voice needs to be heard, regardless of it's not about who, who, you know, from the pulpit pushing who to vote for or what agenda, but coming down to spiritual truth of, you know, your voice needs to be heard, you know, love and justice for all equanimity. Um, And so, you know, with this, the voting rights act being, you know, the door slamming shut on that again, this past week um, and suppression efforts, voter suppression efforts are, you know, running rampant have been for several years and and will continue to um, with this last week of events. Um, and what most people don't realize is that of all those methods for suppressing votes um, disproportionately impact people of color. They disproportionately impact elderly and disabled. And, um, and so it's, um, you know, there's that quote from... Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, he says in a letter from a Birmingham jail that, you know, um, that there's just rules and there's unjust rules. And when the unjust rules, sometimes unjust rules need to be broken. Yes, Um, they definitely need to be. uh, um, And so I think the reason that I would have these kinds of conversations about voting and and access for all, you know, around anything is because some rules are just unjust and further promote not equity 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's put in, oppressive, it, oppressive systems. It's put in feet to our face. It is, yeah. it is, it is, it is our fifth principle. It is, it is, how do we make the world that we imagine, the, the, for lack of a better term, spiritual utopia that we imagine, how do we make that a reality? And, and part of that is uh, how we choose to govern each other and live with each other and the laws that, that govern us. That's, that's all part and parcel of it. Um, it is, it is spiritual work. Um, so, and, and I just want to make one, one uh, tweak to what you were saying uh, when you were saying the voting rights act didn't pass. Let's be clear. There's still a oh. voting rights act. Yes. The, the advance, the John Lewis, Lewis voting rights advancement act yes, is what didn't you. pass, which was, which was updated um, yes. and making the current voting rights act uh, more equitable yes. uh, for all. So that's what, that's what didn't pass. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, no, that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, I don't want the calls. I don't want the emails. Right. Um, well, I mean, it was the Voting Rights Act in from 2013. <clears throat> the Supreme Court had gutted it, which is what yeah. warranted what you just said. The, is the, what warranted uh, what I just said. So, so, so the backstory is yes. In 2013, the Supreme Court um, decided. I don't know. We were woke enough to not have certain provisions in the in the voting rights act and and one of the key provisions was that there were certain states with a history a long documented history of voter suppression that needed their voter uh laws and regulations overseen by the justice department and and the supreme court um in a ruling five four it was a republican majority supreme court i believe at the time this is when obama was president decided you know what we've come far enough we don't need to keep an eye on these states anymore so they 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 took out that provision um and within for example 24 hours of that decision being made some states like texas decided to put in more restrictive voter id laws and as always, the claim is, no, we're protecting the integrity of elections by making it harder for people to commit voter fraud. Voter fraud is not a problem. It is not an issue. Uh, there's numerous studies and statistics to show that it is not an issue. And of course, voter ID laws, all the sort of, and we're going to get a little more uh, later about some of the, the different types of voter suppression that are in place, um, were, uh, uh, like you said, disproportionately affect people of color it also disproportionately affects interestingly enough people who live in big urban centers which tend to be democrat because right. people who live in big urban centers especially where there's a robust public transportation system don't have a driver's license right, right? because they don't need a car right. uh don't have a passport because they're not traveling mm-hmm. um uh, so so it's it's for a whole host of reasons, you can point to how uh, these these uh, things. So, so the John Lewis Voting Rights Act was was proposed uh, last year. It passed in the House, democratically controlled House. It went to the Senate, where it was voted down. This was last last year, and the proposal was uh, to get rid of the filibuster, which is this this the Senate rule that and and we could maybe segue into this a little bit but but the the long story short and the filibuster that it was created primarily back in the day to to fight anti-slavery legislation right it was designed to give the minority southern states disproportionate power in the senate to main to attempt to maintain slavery jim crow rules all these things it's uh, filibuster is not in the constitution getting rid of it is not going uh, uh, an affront to democracy um, but it's basically saying that you need uh, i guess a majority 60 out of the 100 senate seats in order to pass a law um, um, and and if you don't have that majority you 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 uh, an oppose people anyone opposing the law can what we call filibuster and and prevent that law from uh, coming to the floor to be discussed or and or being passed, and as you all know, um, in a in a in a stunning but unexpected uh, attempt to block any progress, all Republican senators voted against it. We had two against getting rid of the filibuster, 
and we had two democratic senators who shall not be named <coughs> mansion cinema uh sorry sung my throat uh who also voted against getting rid of the filibuster and if you want to really know why i mean just follow the money trail um about their their obstructionism and uh if we'd gotten rid of the filibuster even and and the weird thing is they support the voting rights act or they've said that they do but they're like we won't tweak this law because then later when the republicans really get in power and we want to filibuster something we can't filibuster it uh because we've lost the quote-unquote moral high ground so we're not going to do that it's a whole thing but one of the but the 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 things that the john lewis voting rights act uh would have done was was update that provision that was removed from from the uh from the original Voting Rights Act and, and hey, why it's pre clearing thing. Yes. And why it's needed is because uh uh since for example, since since the twenty twenty election, right? Uh there were four hundred and twenty five bills that were introduced that was rest- would have restricted voting access in forty nine of the fifty states. I know. And thirty three of these bills have been enacted across nineteen states so far. And it's not done yet. The bills keep coming. Right. So we got we got that going on as well. Um, it would have the the Advancement Voting Rights Act would have brought in the scope of of the courts uh, to address these things. It would have addressed it. Uh, uh, redistricting. Um, it would have uh, taken another look at the voter ID requirements, make sure there were multilingual voting re- materials so that so that no matter what language you spoke, you, you had uh you you could you knew what was going on um it would address things like voting locations and voting opportunities um uh, it would have addressed the, the 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 horrible act of purging the voter rolls um so a lot of things were covered in this um, uh advancement act that would have addressed uh the 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 for lack of a better term the shit show that voting requirements uh the 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 voting laws in the various states are it would have it would have it would have returned a lot of this to uh the oversight of the federal government because i understand why the states get to really write their own rules a lot hashtag slavery but some states can't be trusted (laughs) and this is where the federal government comes in to say like yeah we'll let y'all do what you want to do to a point um and and that power is is continually being stripped um especially in this in this regard so so we're stuck with the shambles of the voting rights act that we currently have and uh if you want to see some really horrific examples um uh, hit Dr. Google and ask about uh, voting laws in Texas and in Georgia. And that's what I got to yeah, say about that. <laughs> I want to I want to go back to the the thing about the filibuster for a moment, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, it's um, you know it it's part of that. You know that uh, the quote that I said from Martin Luther King Jr. about if a law is unjust, then it ought to be broken, and I think. I don't, you know, my degree of understanding of the filibuster is I could probably make a case for either way. So a filibuster is, um, you know, it's a it's a political practice where, um, you know, uh, the Senate can debate on legislation for this unlimited amount of time. Um, and by doing that, the decision for whatever they're debating is, you know, um, is put on hold. Yeah. Um, and pretty much ensuring that it doesn't move forward. And I, I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's one of those um, things that while it, well, you know. It's, here's the thing. It, you don't even have to argue anymore. You just have to threaten to filibuster. You just have to send an email saying we're going to yeah. filibuster this. And they, right. and they pretty much uh, act as if it's happened. No one's actually... Uh, required to actually do the filler buster in anymore right Right. but what so it's but it's a way to just you know protract an argument and never get to to deciding and I think you know I can understand why you know it has it's there are arguments of whether or not the beginnings of the filibuster have you know began came out of you know 
specifically racism um, and um, the enslavement of people and keeping that in place. And, you, you know, it, it certainly harkens to President Obama called it a Jim Crow relic, you know, and and when you look at the bills that that came to the Senate floor between 1917 and 1994, um, half of the bills that failed uh, because of the filibuster were related to civil rights. So well, it's a if little. It, if it walks like a duck. Yes. Right. Like right. Right. Yes. So indicating that minority rights are like white supremacy rights and beliefs were, you know, actually being protected and upheld. And there's also, I'm sure, an argument for, um, you know, when the filibuster has been used in a in a more democratic fashion or really to argue a point, not just email some shit in and not just talk for the sake of talking in order to prolong a vote. Um, but I think this is one of those times where it's, you know, when you watch um, that it's time to let it go. Yeah. And and because when you don't have the filibuster, now you, me as a senator, you know, whoever, it, now I'm even more accountable, you know, for I have to show up and I need to, you know, there, I think there's more, you know, push around as a as an elected official being more present, being more accountable because um, there is no filibuster um, yeah. and that it's just, you know, time to go. Like, what is the filibuster really protecting? And if we look back at, you know, the, even just the last 10 years, you know, the filibuster has been used to um, uphold, you know, um, white privilege, to uphold, um, um, you know, the system of oppression, um, including, you know, keeping the uh, Advancement of Voting Rights Act to keeping that from coming forward, because what that includes is the states would, you know, holding the states more accountable for yeah. what they're doing. So um, I know that there are people for and against the, you know, we should have the filibuster, we shouldn't have the filibuster. But um, I, I think, I think it, yeah, I just think it stands in our way. And and the very fact that it was used to keep the John Lewis Voting Rights Act from passing is like, thank you for making my point. Exactly. And, and, and which leads us to, which leads us to that, that just like amazingly, they said the quiet part out loud statement by uh, yes. Senator Mitch McConnell, which yes. you, you all must have heard about by now, just in case you haven't after the, after the vote to, to suspend a, um, uh, filibuster failed and therefore the voting uh the john lewis voting rights advancement act was for sure dead in the water um mm-hmm. mitch mcconnell the uh senate minority leader uh republican was asked about uh the concern that black voters might have and his response was and i quote the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics African-American voters are voting in just as high percentage as Americans. Yeah. And it was the, you know, I, uh, he, of course he tried to backpedal later and, and he said, I meant to say all Americans and, and whatever, whatever this, this is, um, uh, this, this is what uh, black America um, people of color have been struggling with forever in this country which is to be recognized as fully american um and it's i think it's a it goes without saying that this was not a slip of the tongue the only slip of the tongue was that the truth was spoken yeah um, and and i um i i i challenge when you talk about uh speaking about this in spiritual communities, I, I, I put out a, a challenge on social media to, to ministers, like your, your black congregants are hurting right now after hearing this, it's right. bad enough that this, uh, this, this uh, attempt to improve the voting rights act and make it more equitable for everyone. And by the way, uh, just to be clear, it would have made voting easier for white people too. This was yes. not just right. this was not just a voting rights act geared towards making it easier to vote for minorities. The it it's make it makes it 
easier for everyone to vote uh, uh, because of the pandemic, for example, uh, you know, mail-in voting uh, was a thing that many states accepted and, and uh, people of all colors of all ages were able to safely vote. Uh, more people voted um, right. because they had easier access to the yes. ballot box as right. a result uh and absentee and, and mail-in and ex- yeah. exactly exactly so so this this statement i think is truly um uh, a a reflection of where the consciousness of some folks are uh it's 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 no different than than the decades uh that that washington dc has been decide, denied statehood They've been very clear about it. If we make D.C. a state, a, a, a territory, by the way, that has more people than many other states, if you make D.C. a state, then that's a bunch of black voters who vote in Democrat. Uh, you know, they've said it out loud. So so we've really got to. Uh, uh, um, oh, back to the thing about about ministers talking about this this past Sunday is that um, is that. Black congregants are hurting after hearing this and our job as ministers, our job as clergy is is to make church a safe space to address some of these hurts, address some of these pains, to get ahead of the story, um, and 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 to call it out. Is it not not being? It's not right. And and we we hear and understand. I don't you know understand, but at least we 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 believe that you're hurting right now. What can we do to support you um, uh, during during this time? Uh, so well, yeah, I, I think the the. Um... Too often what happens is um, <clears throat> is making the, and you don't even have to be a fan of Mitch McConnell, right? But, but like when you said, when he says that, um, 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 you know, African-Americans were out voting just as much as American, like by making that statement, too many nice white progressive people are will say it was a slip of the tongue that's not mm-hmm. what he meant that's not that whole intent thing that's yes. so dangerous this yes. is and so saying that and somehow finding some way to make it okay whatever reason you want he was nervous it's not what he meant and blah, blah, you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter there's no right. he said it and there's, there's and, no putting the genie back in that in that bottle. no no there isn't and so this is this is that this is a form of that insidious, you know, white privilege that that when I say that white privilege is this virus that mutates, that that finds ever more insidious, you know, ways to to stay alive, to keep breathing. This mm-hmm. is a perfect example of that, not just what he said, what he did, but the response of white bodies yeah. to, you know, that that don't aren't willing to call him on the carpet, aren't willing to say it's not OK. That, and, that are, and, and to be clear, some have, many have, yes. not enough have, especially Correct. not enough in his party, not enough, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, and, and we're gonna, and they're gonna move on like it, like it never happened. Um, yep. And the silence it, too, the amount yeah, of silence. Deafening silence. Yes. Deafening silence uh, around that. Um, so, so here we are. And um, so, so the question then becomes, all right, so now what, what do we, what do we do about this? And also the question is, um, I think a lot of people do wonder from his, from his statement, um, is, is voter suppression still a thing? Is there, um, difficulty accessing, uh, the voting booth? Is it harder for some people to vote than other people uh answered all those questions is yes um and i will um if you want a resource if you want a resource to investigate this um and and we talk about we talk about uh how do we how do we um make anti-racism less uh a cerebral process and more of an actual here's what i do in my daily life um if you go to fairfight org i think it's fairfight.org.com fairfight.com um this this is an organization that was created by Stacey abrams in georgia um and it speaks to uh voting rights issue their their work is to protect voting rights 
to advocate for those who are disenfranchised by the current voting uh, rights, rules, and laws in different states. Uh, it's a great place to donate to if you want to send money someplace that's making a change um, and educate yourself and make it more equitable for for people to uh, gain access to the voting booth and in so doing make steps towards creating that world of uh, justice and equity. That's a great place to start. Uh, I believe we we've donated there, Project Sanctus. Mm-hmm. Have we? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Um, um, what what we uh, we we send a donation from every one of our book studies uh, to different organizations that are doing great anti racism work. We've donated to that as well. I personally would probably do donating to her because she's making a run for governor, and yep. they could really use her um, uh, as as governor. So so that's my invitation to you. We are coming up on a break. Uh, when we come back from the break, we will give you some examples of voter suppression that are still happening today and perhaps some more things you can do about it. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All. We will be right back. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, if you're perhaps just joining us, today's episode is titled Voter Suppression is Dead, Long Live Voter Suppression. Uh, it's a title that kind of um, gives a little nod to the fact that, yes, we've come a long way with uh, access to the voting booth. We no longer have the horrific um, Jim Crow things like uh, what do you call it? Uh, poll taxes or or literacy tests or uh, in some ridiculous cases uh, correctly guessing the number of beans in a jar. Yes, that was a real thing uh, in order to vote uh, um, when when voting was legalized for everyone. Um, and uh, so yes, we've come a long way, and voter suppression is still a thing. It uh, uh, we mentioned before, it disproportionately affects people of color, people with disabilities, um, and the elderly. But the truth is, it affects us all. So here's here's a here's a few stats we're going to throw at you, and then we're going to get into some examples of uh, voter suppression that that uh, still exists in our country. So, for example, one in sixteen Black Americans cannot vote uh, due to disenfranchisement laws. Uh, counties with larger minority populations have fewer polling sites and poll workers per voter. Uh, in 2018, uh, Latinx and Black Americans were twice as likely as whites to be unable to get off work while the polls were open. Uh, a, a fun example of this is in Georgia, where they rolled back the ability for folks to vote on Sunday because in Black churches, what they used to do <laughs> was pile all the folk. The old folk in their in their in their Sunday hats and Sunday finery and buses and go vote and they're like nope no more voting on Sunday. Yep, um, soul polls, soul polls, exactly, exactly. So yeah, they did away with that. Twenty five percent of voting age Black Americans do not have a government issued photo ID. Uh, let's see, um, geographic isolation is a major barrier to many Native American voters due to the inaccessibility of nearby polling locations in many reservations. For example, in South Dakota, 32% of Native voters cite travel distance as a factor in deciding whether to vote. Uh, More than one-sixth of voters with disabilities reported difficulties voting in person in 2020, uh, and nearly two-thirds of polling places had at least one impediment for people with disabilities. So, just some things to mull over when we talk about uh, this is a country where everyone gets a vote. Uh, everyone might get a vote, but not everyone can get to vote. Yeah, not a, and not they all can't be heard. Um, exactly. And that's the that's the um, the the one of the big reasons you know in supporting uh, fairfight.com and Stacey Abrams and her work is it really is you know the foundational that teaching and the foundational teaching isn't even the right word but the mission and the work that every voice matters 
And this is why it needs to be a conversation in our churches and in our spiritual communities. You know, like in, in, in unity, if we have a teaching that says we're all created, you know, inherently good, we are fully human and fully divine and, and your presence here matters and you make a difference. And, and I want to go, really, are you sure? And, and if that's, you know, and not, not because I think you don't think that, but is it, are you being that everywhere, you know? in all ways, in all things. Um, so it's not in, you know, in churches, they they obviously have to be careful about not telling you who to vote for. But just the, the um, you know, what are you doing to make sure that everybody's voice can be heard? Um, you know, and look at the areas that we, that it's easy, right? We, we're more comfortable with making sure that everyone's voice is, is heard, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, it's a, it's a, when it comes to like children, right. Or, or, you know, pets and animals, people get on board crazy for their pets and for animals, you know, yeah. and make sure that every animal is taken care of, but yeah, not this. So not this, so let's <laughs> talk about some of the ways, uh, yeah. uh, some of the voter suppression methods that are in, 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 act, in action today. Well, one of the most common forms of voter suppression is restricting the terms and the requirements. So like being restrictions can include requiring a document to prove your citizenship or your identification. Um, and uh, um, and like who who walks around with a passport, right? right? Um, most people don't. Um, or their birth certificate who walks around. I mean, you're not even supposed to walk around with your birth certificate. So, um, you know, but requiring documents to prove your citizenship or your identification. And often those will show up like you don't even know that's a thing until you show up at vote at the registration, the voter registration place, right? That exactly. that now all of a sudden, well, you need this and this and this and limiting the window of time in which voters can register. So yeah. when you start making that schedule or that window of time when people can vote, if you start making that on days and times where largely, you know, white people or, or you know, where it's largely time frames that uh, minority groups don't, you know, are like you said earlier, they're, they're less likely to be able to get off work to vote, yeah. whatever, you know, that, um uh, in 2018, the Latinx and Black Americans who are twice as likely as whites to be unable to get off work. So when you change the the time frames that voters can register and you put it, you know, inside this really small box, you're guaranteeing that Latinx and Black Americans and, you know, bodies of culture won't be able to to register. And not only that, it's it's time to stop having elections on Tuesdays yes. or at least make election days holidays. Yep. Right. Because, yep. again, who is most likely to be able to take off work mm-hmm. and go work and, and right. go vote? Right. It's people of means which are disproportionately not uh, African-Americans or minorities um, who tend to hold uh, jobs that aren't as flexible. Yep. Um, and and that's a that's a that's a larger conversation around the economy, uh, and, and we covered it when we were talking about the some of us a while back. Yep. Um, but but yeah, it's time it's time to either move elections to Saturdays or Sundays, or make or make election days uh, holidays, uh, mm-hmm. so people like so many other countries do to to go out and vote. Yep. After the um um in 2011, Kansas, the state of Kansas passed a law requiring citizenship documents um, and it wound up blocking 30,000 Kansans from registering to vote. Um, Fortunately, the ACLU sued and defeated the law, but it took eight years, 78 years to do that. Um, And the whole signature matching thing. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. I know. So one of the other methods for suppressing votes is the criminalization of the ballot box. Um, they, the, some states are um, imposing arbitrary requirements and harsh penalties on voters and poll workers who violate the rules. So um, in Georgia, lawmakers made it a crime to this one really, I, I, 
seriously inhumane. But Georgia lawmakers made it a crime to provide food and water to voters who are standing in line at polls. Yeah. So I can't walk by and give you um, a bottle of water, you know, if you're, you know. Um, now, what they, now, now what they what they claim is that's not what the law says. The law says you're not allowed to tell people who to vote for while you're doing it. If we see you telling people who to vote for while you're doing that, that's when you've broken the law. But you read that law carefully, it's it's pretty clear what the intention is uh behind behind that. Um yep. as 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 well. Um and in Texas, people have been arrested and given huge uh, sentences for innocent mistakes in voting process. Yeah. Um, and I've now, I've, I didn't have the woman's name in front of me, but the woman that got five years for yeah. um, for making a mistake in voting process. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that was, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, criminalizing the ballot box, meaning, you know, here's the rules around using the ballot box. And if you step out of line, you'll you'll be arrested and you'll yeah. go to jail. Um, and so that disproportionately impacts people of color who are more likely to be penalized, which we already know in our justice system that that's that's how our justice system works. Um, so it just it's another method for keeping people afraid from keeping people, you know, uh, the capacity to, 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 it's the keep people afraid and suppress their voice to make it, you know, criminalize using a ballot box. Um, you mentioned the one, um, the felony disenfranchisement, um, uh, well, you said disenfranchisement, but it's the vel- it's the felony disenfranchisement where if you have a, a felony conviction, um, you, you know, in, it can include your loss of your right to vote. And some states have banned voting um, uh, only during incarceration or while on probation or on parole. And other states uh, don't disenfranchise people with felony convictions at all. And Washington, D.C. is one of them. So, so, so what you're saying another is reason when- <laughs> you don't want Washington, D.C. to be a state. Exactly. So what you're saying is when people go to prison, uh, or jail apparently they have not served their debt to society that, that tab keeps running apparently when <laughs> after, yeah when you come after, out after they get out uh, uh so so florida is an example of a state florida of all places uh that recently overturned that uh yep. there was a whole gra- grassroots movement to shift that law and it was shifted so that uh previously convicted felons could vote and 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 when that was passed, pretty much within the week, a new law was introduced that say in order for them to vote, yeah. they had to pay all the court fees that were associated with any punitive pos- damages. Yep. Any exactly, and and which again made it impossible for people to vote. It was it was called a modern day poll tax. Yep. Um, uh, I believe that was eventually changed as well. Um, one of the one of the more more memorable moments leading up to the twenty twenty election was a uh, uh, some stars and some athletes, some celebrities and athletes, yep. like LeBron James, for example, uh, paid uh, those fines that that yep. people had outstanding so that they could they could go vote. Uh, so yeah, that happened. And it's um, you know uh, the ones the states that have the most extreme of this disenfranchisement laws are the ones that have the long, very obvious history of suppressing the rights of Black people. Well, color me shocks. I know, I know. Well, I I know, I know this (laughs) dumb white girl. Um, (laughs) But I say that, the reason I say it is that it's another one of those um, things where where nice white people or even not nice white people, you know, well, you're just pulling out statistics and making them work for whatever you want. And great, you get to say that. And it's a little hard to as when you continue to look at the data, it's a little hard to ignore. Yeah. When when we when we just believe the sound bites, don't look at the data. And then we say, this is not an issue anymore. 
right? right? If people don't come out to vote, it's because of, you know, if, if voting was really important, they'd find a way to get there, mm-hmm. right? So we place, we place the, we place the onus, the responsibility, the shame on the person who can't get to the voting booth. Which is what white supremacy body, which white supremacy culture is, that's foundational. You put yep. the, the labor back on the, the person of color. Exactly. That if your life is not the way you want it, then you need to create your world and, um, you know, do what you need to do to have the life you want to lead. Exactly. Which is, which is again, which is again, uh, a, a nice overlap, uh, brushing up against, uh, we, we can't, we can't ignore that. That's, that's, that's one of our spiritual teachings, yeah. right. Um, as, as, as well. So it's, 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 it's very insidious, which is on, uh, you know, when you look at the principle of it, yes, the principle holds true, but let's be clear that for some folks, there are more obstacles in the way for them um, manifesting that principle Yes, because because the manifestation happens in, in, in the real physical world. And there are some right. obstacles in the right. real physical world, more obstacles for some than for others and 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 to ignore that to ignore that first is 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 uh it's a tragedy to you you're, you're perpetuating the harm for that for that individual whether it's yes. whether it's a person of color whether it's female whether it's somebody from the lgbt community whether it's someone who's disabled whether it's someone who's elderly you're 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 ignoring that person's plight um, and and perpetuating the harm, and also you are not you're doing metaphysical malpractice. You're not really upholding and teaching that principle properly because what you're doing is you're layering you're layering some shame on top of that. Yeah. Because then what happens is when when an individual is not able to uh, to really see the same results as someone else who has a clear path, then the then the the, the implication is that there's something there's something awry in their consciousness right. uh, that, that, that they're not um, doing this the right way. Um, and, and that's not fair on them. Right. It's the, it, having the, we have to be really clear about that, you know, these spiritual principles, these spiritual truths about, you know, manifesting the life of your dreams or fulfillment and meaning and um, you know, um, you know, every voice is heard, every person matters, like all lots of these, these truths and these principles are, you know, we hold them in consciousness. Yes. And like the idea of manifesting, like we create first in consciousness, then we have to come from the absolute world to the relative world. And that's where it takes a radical right turn or left turn or whatever inside it just, out. It just goes off the rails. <laughs> yes, it does. And then now Very we're right. into, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is okay. I have this idea in consciousness, but what does it look like in embodied lived experience? And it's not the same for every person. And that's, and so voting is one of those things that having everybody have the capacity to vote and get to it and not have it be hard and not be afraid of being penalized or afraid of, of, of just being afraid. Yeah. Um, so another uh, method is uh, voter purging um, where um, uh, voter rolls are, are cleaned up, so to speak. I, I would use the term whitewashed. Um, because people move and they die or they become ineligible to vote. And some, so sometimes, you know, there's such a small, small number of voting rolls that have, you know, names on them that shouldn't be there. It's such a small, infinitesimal, microscopic number, but um, states will use that process as a way to mass disenfranchise, Mm -hmm. to purge eligible voters from rolls for illegitimate reasons or based on inaccurate data or without even notifying the voter, just you're gone. Um, and voter, you know, purging a role can stop hundreds and thousands of people from voting people that don't even know. Um, and they erroneously discover that they've been purged from a voting role when they show up on election date and it's too late. They can't do anything. Um, so, you know, um, it's, you know, election administrators are tasked with keeping 
voting rolls up to date and and taking the names off of people who have died or moved away or but um you know there's been the ACLU has taken action against uh unlawful voter voter purging and um they in 2019 they stopped Texas um who was uh, shocker Texas shocker know, right engaged uh, so- like the poster child for how to do voter suppression well how to do a lot of things badly yeah uh to to give you a a statistic here um the um the nonprofit electronic registration information center found that officials identified just 300 of 372 possible cases of double voting or voted on behalf of deceased people out of the 14.6 million votes cast by mail in the 2016 and 2018 general elections that's 0.0025% right so when we hear these claims about voter fraud so two one thousandths of one percent 0.0025 yep so two one thousandths of one percent yes got it Yes, 372 out of 14.6 million. Mm. Not enough votes to swing an election either way. Nope. Right? Uh, and and again, if you've been keeping up with the news, you know, those those swing states that, that pushed so hard to, to do investigations and recount ballots way after the election was decided, uh, what did they find? Again, None of the fraud that was advertised, and in some cases, even found more votes for I know. Uh, yeah for for Biden, which was like uh, we don't hear about those much anymore. Of course, nope. uh, hashtag Cyber Ninjas. Uh, we don't hear about those <laughs> much anymore. Um, so yeah, that that didn't that didn't work out so well. Um, um, talk talk about. Uh, I want to make sure you get this one in. Um, talk about the redistricting redistricting and gerrymandering because that that's that's so insidious yeah this is um i mean they're all disturbing and you know redistricting redistricting god that's a hard word to say redistricting Redistricting. and gerrymandering is basically redrawing district lines um based on population data gathered in the census and legislators redraw those lines to reallocate the representation in Congress because that's how that's how Congress works, right? A, a, a state and you know counties and cities are cut apart, right? There's lines drawn that create districts, and there's a certain number of represent representatives from each district that make up our Congress. Yes. And so when um, when redistricting is done correctly. Um, district lines are redrawn to reflect to reflect population changes and include diversity Um, but that's not what's happening and what's happening is states are being you know the lines are being redrawn to manipulate the outcome of the election so they look at the demographics of who's living where and what you know what's their race what's their economic status what's their their gender identity and blah 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 and they manipulate the lines um, and that's what's called gerrymandering that's what that is Um, and it's widespread um, and it's ongoing, and um, it is absolutely stifling the voices of millions of voters. Millions. And 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 before we get the emails, uh, yes, both parties do this, and yeah. and to be clear, one party does it more than the other. Yep, a lot more. And and what it comes down to is, uh, the 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 party is uh, picking the voters, not the voters picking the party. Yes. Um, yep. um, and, and that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Yep. The, um, and it's the census bureau. So, so it's data released from the census bureau that's used to, to draw these lines. And, um, yes. and so uh, that's what we wind up with is where the parties are picking the lines rather than the other way around. Um, it's why in 2018, the Trump administration announced plans to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census, yes. because wanting to suppress the participation of immigrant communities and and silence their voice. Because if you can pull out of the census 
the, you know, ask, ask citizen questions in a particular way that allows you to pull out who the immigrants are. Now I can redraw the lines so they're not included or they are, you know, whichever, however you want to redraw. Um, and it would have basically had that gone through, it would have resulted in, um, in an undercount that goes against the very purpose of having the census. Right. Um, to begin with, which is to count everybody in the country. Exactly. Ugh. Hey, so, so you just don't want to lay problems at your feet again. <laughs> what can you do about this again? Head over to fairfight.com to, to get educated about all these issues, about what you can do. Uh, and check, talk about it in your community. Talk about it in your community. Exactly. Um, look at, look at, look at where your district and map is drawn. Um, show up at, at town halls, show up at these meetings because they're public meetings, uh, yeah. and, and, and be, be a voice, uh, being, be in action. Um, be a voice and, for the voiceless, right? Be a voice for if the voice. Care about immigrants. If you care about refugees, you know, if you, if you know, you care about the, you know, those that don't have a voice, then, then put, put feet on your faith. Yes. Again, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm right. telling you to give a voice to the voiceless. Um, how, uh, uh, when you look at how easy or challenging it was for you to register to vote and to go vote, um, take a hard look at at what places of privilege you might be in that allowed this to be easy. Right. So, you know, hey, it's Tuesday, got to go vote. Can I get a few hours from work? Can I take a sick day? Can I do this? Can I do that to go vote? Can everybody else do that? Who is in your family? Who is in your neighborhood? Uh, you know, on your on your way to go vote, you swung by the Starbucks or you swung by the wherever to get a drink uh, so that when you're waiting in line, you don't get thirsty. Uh, does the person working who served you that drink have that same opportunity to come right. vote? And you say, oh, no, they can go vote after work. Really? What time is after work for them? How long right. do they now have to stand in line with all the other people? Because you walked in and there's maybe four people ahead of you when they go later. There's probably yeah. 40 or four, 400. How so, close is it to you? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so all these things to factor in, uh, do your education, do your research, be a voice. Uh, and, and, and yes, uh, be in action in your spiritual community and, and ask questions around what your community can do. Put some feet on your face. Um, and, and we're going to put our shoes on and move our feet and get out of here. Cause it is time. <laughs> it's time to, to wrap things up. Uh, thank we'll you get for your holy on. wonderful episode of love and justice for all. We'll see you next week.